I appreciate you joining us. I know um, Coach Adams and uh, probably even more so Jan and his kids are really going to enjoy this uh, special guest we have here, Brian Agler. Um, kind of, kind of give us uh, the background of how you and Coach met, and maybe what your first impression of uh, of him was. Well, Chris and I met uh, my freshman year uh, at Wittenberg. Um, we ended up being on the same floor in, in North hall. And, uh, obviously back in those days, uh, Wittenberg and a lot of the schools were recruiting big classes of, you know, basketball, student athlete, basketball players to come in and play, whether it be on the varsity, but mostly just to build their program up and, uh, build their JV team up too. So, um, he, he and I were probably two of, I would say 12 to 15 guys that came in to play, try to play, you know, at, at, uh, at Wittenberg. So, Hey, take, take us back, uh, to that old Wittenberg gym in the locker rooms and stuff. I, I mean, I think Smitty's probably been in there. I've been in that gym before that was the home floor for your varsity games. What was it like playing in there? I mean, did you guys actually have like, running water in the locker rooms back then? What, what was that like? What was the setting like? Yeah, occasionally the water would run. <laughs> um, the, tempers would, the tempers would really run during basketball season, I can tell you that. But, you know, that, um, that's a historic building now. It was built in 1929, and um, we uh, had, you know, many of my initial interactions with Chris were at pickup games there in the, in the uh, gymnasium, we'd run sideways two games going at the same time. And sometimes we'd have so many guys trying to play. They'd, they'd have a third game going up on the stage too. Um, but you know, it, uh, you know, so many guys wanted to be on the team and play and um, the locker rooms, you know, were, always shared by multiple teams. So I don't even think we had a locker room until probably, you know, late November when they'd squeeze us in a, in a back corner somewhere. The football program at that time was very good. So they were a lot of times playing deep into November in the playoffs. So, um, you know, I think we probably changed locker rooms two or three times during the course of the year. Wow. But, uh, you know, the, the other thing is, back in those days, uh, Wittenberg had a, a health and physical education major. So we had to squeeze our just our court time in around um, classes as well, because a lot of classes would be would take place right there on the gym floor. So that gymnasium got a lot of use. The stage got a lot of use and, uh, of course, no air conditioning. And, um, you know, the locker rooms were those old metal you know, lockers and wooden benches. And um, you're right. It probably took 40 seconds to a minute to get hot water coming out of the shower. So. <laughs> and probably a little rust on, on that too. So those were the good old days. I bet. Talk a little bit about those matchups. Um, were you playing against coach? Were you playing with coach? You know, when he was uh, coaching some of us, he, he liked to tout off that uh, he was a defensive stopper and uh, talked a lot about his ability to make shots. And um, I find that hard to believe judging on, on watching him shoot a couple times, but um, I, I wasn't privileged enough to, to watch him play back in his heyday either. Well, I will say this about Chris. Chris was re very, very competitive. Um, he wasn't a very big guy, um, 
And back in, you know, especially our freshman year, it was, it was hard to even get in a game, a pickup game. You might get one, you might get in a game one time. And then uh, if your team got beat, you probably weren't as a freshman, we're going to get picked up again and probably we're done for the day. So, you know, we probably didn't play against each other very much in, in the traditional pickup games in the afternoon, just because, you know, freshmen had a hard time getting on the floor, but, um, he could shoot it left-handed, you know, bow-legged, left-handed, catch and shoot, <laughs> um, very competitive defensively, talked a really good game. Most of the time he could back it up. Um, but Chris, Chris and I, always, we hit it off very well. We were good friends, and, uh, you know, I enjoyed hanging out with him. We talked a lot of basketball. He talked a lot about Lancaster and um he moved there i think maybe just one or two years he graduated there he moved up from kentucky he played in a really good program down in louisville high school um but uh he 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 could he he did work defensively he worked at it you know he took a lot of pride on trying to stay in plays with you defensively and make it tough on you to handle the ball and and take get shots Speak, speaking of his defense, how many of the women on the Dallas Wings team could Chris beat one-on-one if he was still in his prime? None. <laughs> <laughs> would, it, would, he, would he get – would he score? Oh, he, he'd, at he'd least score, score occasionally. Okay. He'd score. They'd let him score occasionally. He'd talk a lot? He'd talk the whole time? He'd, talk, he'd talk a lot of noise. He, that's one thing he could do. He could talk a lot. He talked a good game. He talked when is, game. When's the first time you realized that, that Chris was a Hall of Fame caliber coach trapped in a five-foot, four-inch body? You know, he, uh, he played two years at Wittenberg and then moved into an assist, uh, like a student coach's position, which was a really big deal there. Um, there's been a lot of people go through that um, in, in a position that he had just as a volunteer student coach. And they were given a lot of responsibility in regards to doing scouts and things like that. Um, so I know that experience that he gained there uh, and, and as you know, like you, you, both you guys know, any good Worcester guy has got a great Wittenberg guy, you know, above him some kind of way. you got some kind of Wittenberg influence. So, you know, uh, Chris being a Wittenberg guy, even though he, you know, leaned towards Worcester later on in his career because he had to with his with Mary and Jan and working those camps for Coach Moore, um, he, he learned a lot of his basketball there at Wittenberg and then you know, working over at Worcester in those camps, you know, he, I mean, how many years did he work over there? 20? Uh, that was a lot. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. just talk basketball 24 seven when you go to those camps. Yeah. I, it's funny you bring that up. Cause I, I, one of the things I wanted to ask you, you know, you, you guys had a really unique uh, division three college career not only did you win a national title but also being able to play under two coaches that went on to become division one head coaches and coach hamilton and coach hunter and that's that's got to be really rare for a division three program so what what are some of the things you personally and that you've seen chris that he learned from those two really top-notch coaches that maybe he carried with him in his career that you carried with you in yours well they just you know they took the game very serious they broke it down they prepared their their teams for practice and games. You know, there's always organization. There was a direct way to play the game. You know, they, they, they took their personnel, they figured out what their strengths and their weaknesses were, and they tried to really play to their strengths. 
you know, they were very defensive oriented. You know, they had a great defensive mentality. They took that into the floor very seriously. Um, at the same time, I would say that, you know, they also let their playmakers make plays. You know, they, they would get the ball to the guys that could go score points and make plays for them and put it in their hands and put them in space and let them go make plays back in those days. And there is, there's a tremendous coaching tree uh, at Wittenberg with Ray Mears and Eldon Miller and Bobby Hamilton, like you mentioned, Wes, and, and Larry Hunter. And, of course, your coach, Coach Moore, you know, came through there. And, you know, um, it's, it's just um, – it really influences everybody that has played there. And I, I'm sure – you guys now, you know, feel that way about Coach Moore and the influence he's had in your lives. Um, Chris, um, I, the one thing I always remember about Chris, my last two years I lived with him. We lived in a big house. And uh, he – is that dog bothering you in the background? No, no. Okay. It's fine. No, it actually kind of sounds like Chris a little bit. <laughs> that raspy, that raspy voice. But uh, – he went my senior year we played uh, Armstrong State and uh, the year before okay so 1979 the spring of 79 Indiana State played Michigan State in the national championship game that was the Magic Johnson Larry Bird game mm-hmm. the following year the the fall of 79 now going to 79-80 season Armstrong State came to up north and the first game they played was in, at Indiana State so they're playing Indiana State, who was in the national championship game the year before. And then they were coming to Wittenberg to play us. The coach was from Springfield. So they, I guess he was trying to schedule a win, basically. They were a Division II school out of Georgia. So they went over, and they beat Indiana State. And Chris, I remember they sent Chris over to watch that game. And Chris came back, and he was he looked at me, and they had a little point guard that was pretty good. And he said, you know, they're touting this guy to be – potential all-american says i think you're better and i also think we can beat this team if we do x y and z and uh it was to me that was a a lot of respect for them to send chris all the way over to Terre Haute to watch that game uh it's not like it was unusual but they said you know they trusted his analogies and things and lo and behold we played them two days later and beat them at wittenberg and uh, I know he was really excited about that because he had the scout and, you know, he was preparing. He helped prepare the team for that game. And I think that that alone right there gave him a lot of confidence to go on. And, you know, he coached some high school in Springfield there, too, at uh, Springfield Catholic. And, um, you know, he's had a tremendous career coaching. I've had a chance to follow him and really proud of everything he's accomplished. Um, when you look at coaching styles, is your coaching style anything like his? He's he, he gets a little bit animated with referees on the sidelines. Do you do you possess that same characteristic? I surely do. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen very many consistent referees in my thirty some years of coaching. So they they have a tendency to uh, you know get under your skin as a coach, especially you know coaches are competitive and they want the the, the game to be played one way and they're. That's one way they support their players. You know, you may not know that. The co- you might think the coach is always on your ass. But, you know, in games, they support their players by arguing with the re- officials because things aren't going their way. But uh, I'm sure in his time, um, he's got his share of technicals. Um, but the one thing about 
at the college level and the high school level, you don't get fined. So he probably didn't lose any money out of his wall like like <laughs> the ones I'm getting right now. So, you know, I, I've, I've always – every year I get – the first year, the first like seven technicals, you're, you're fined a couple hundred dollars, and it goes up to $500 after that. I always end up in that second tier before the season's over. So – I'm, now is that is that a goal no, of yours at the beginning of every season? It's oh, not okay. a goal. It's not a goal. Um, but but it it, I'm sure it happened to him too. I'm sure he got several each year too. He, he did. Um, I don't remember how many he had during my career, but I know that uh, his relationship with the referees that he had off the court kept him from getting a couple that he should have. Oh, should've. I'm sure. I'm sure. Chris was a smart guy. I'm sure he found out where these guys live and befriended them, and they probably went out for some beer during the week and got to know them pretty well. And pro- he probably knew the officials that uh, sort of leaned his way, and I'm, I'm sure they probably officiated probably half your games at least. I think that uh, that would be a yeah, very accurate He's not statement. stupid. He's not stupid. <laughs> that 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 background right there kind of makes me think there should be an asterisk on this Hall of Fame induction. Maybe you know, I mean, it kind of undermines the entire uh, record. Well, the, 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 I'm sure those things right there will never be found out. You know what? The, how many of those games? Tough to yeah, prove. That's a tough one to prove right there. That's a tough to prove. <laughs> Whose game shorts were shorter, yours or Chris's? Well, definitely mine because his legs were so so short. <laughs> So his his normal answer. his normal you know typical nineteen seventy seven basketball shorts that were look looked like speedos were basically down to his knees because his legs were so short bow legged. <laughs> he was kind of doing the uh, the Fab Five thing before it was he was cool, I guess. he was doing that and yeah. and you know Trendsetter. he's not bow legged anymore because he had a double he had both knees replaced here a few years last year at the same time. And I, I cringe to think about what Janice was going through then. Yeah, I was uh, going to ask you about that. I heard a rumor that he actually grew three. I think he did. Most surgery. people get shorter um, as they get older, but I think he now is about five eleven, which is four inches, four inches taller than he got, normally is. Yeah, I've got plenty of stories from his daughter Julie about his time um, after that surgery took place that we could we could share over I'll some bet. beers. Sometime. I'll bet. What else you got, Wes? You got anything else? I, I mean, the other, the other, you kind of touched on the two other ones I was going to ask you. One was if you guys went head to head in practice or open gyms, and if you could share a story or two. But uh, sounds like you, you did a little, but it, it was maybe on the front end of your Wittenberg yeah. career. No, Chris was very competitive. Um, you know, he and I, we we probably uh, hung out as much away from the court. I know I went down to spend some time, um, spent nights in his home down in Lancaster, and I'm sure he came up to Prospect and spent some nights there. And um, I know that my dad put us to work in the Prospect Park a few times, so he's done some. <laughs> he's put some hours in over at the park. And Now, my recollection of working at the Prospect Park might have been different for you guys. If I could work with Grandpa, it was basically free money. When Grandma showed up, she was like – you know, she'd, she'd set a quota for me. I'd have to paint like a trash can or a picnic table in 10 minutes or else I wasn't getting paid. It was a totally different experience. Well, you know, that you're, it was a different experience from you to me because you're a grandchild and I was the child. So the childs have to work the grandchildren, <laughs> as you probably know now, Wes, with having yours. They get all yep. the breaks. 
It's funny, my you know, my mom said that to me a couple, maybe like a year ago now. She goes, "If your dad had parented you guys like he's a grandparent to your kids, you all would have grown up to be enormous assholes." <laughs> probably so. Uh, she's probably right. Probably so. Yeah. Well, is it is it true that you guys ended up at Wittenberg because you couldn't get into Worcester academically? Um, I never applied to Worcester. I know. I'm I know. Just I, it's not. <laughs> that, was, that didn't even come up on the radar for me. Although I will say this: my sophomore year. Okay, Whit Worcester came down for some reason. We didn't play in my senior year back in the day. OAC was north and south, and we didn't always play the teams in the north unless you faced off in the tournament. And um, sophomore year at Wittenberg, we we'd won the national championship the freshman year, and we were so big headed coming into the next year. We thought we were going to be all this, and of course, we lost a lot of talent and. Our team, we thought we were a lot better than we really were. Worcester, Worcester came down and kicked our ass by about 30 at Wittenberg. And I, that was a game I'll never forget. They had, you know, Sam Dixon and a couple other guys. And, man, they put it on us hard. And uh, the following year, I think we may have split. Or I think that's the, we started playing each other once or I, I guess once a year, uh, my junior and senior year. But. Uh, that was one butt whooping I'll never forget that we took on our home floor. Probably the probably the worst one without question in my career. <laughs> so I kind of got a, a strange question for you, but assume you get arrested and uh, you have to pick either Chris or Jane to be your attorney. Which one do you pick? My attorney. Yeah. Well, to get you out. Jan never really liked me, so I would have to pick Chris. <laughs> <laughs> was that your bad influence? It was, you know, it, it all had to do with, even though she went to Wittenberg. See, that's another I- ironic thing. She went, she goes to Wittenberg too, but she was, yeah. you know, huge Wor- Worcester basketball fan. So it was always that little uh, competition there, you know, with me playing at Wittenberg and her dad being the coach at Worcester that there was always an edge there. There was always a wall built up between she and I. So I have to lean towards Chris. Although I do know Jan's a much nicer person. She just didn't like me. Well, I've seen, I've seen the way she reacts to some official calls. And I got to admit, I, I'm more scared of her than what I would be of Chris. <laughs> yeah. I played for Chris. Yeah, but the way what, what you're talking about now, Smitty, Chris has taken the judge out for beers before the hearing. He's, he's a competitive guy. He's going to the mat for his client, you know, in this instance, Brian. I think it's probably a good, yeah. a good choice. Yeah. I think, some I, good would, I think I'd hire him without question. <laughs> I'd see what I'd see what Wes well, was doing I, I, first, but if he was busy, then I have to go with Chris. <laughs> no, you can do way better than me. I promise you that. You go go with your own uh, daughter. Couple years, a couple years. Couple years. <laughs> I, I I don't have any more questions, Smitty. But I you know I think he he probably told you Brian before this that he, he's putting this together. It's a really cool project. You know, he's interviewing yeah. former players and other friends of Coach Adams because he's going into the Hall of Fame. So any anything you want to say to tie a bow on this? I know yeah, I just want to congratulate Chris. Um, his coaching career was stellar, and uh, he's influenced a lot of people. I mean, it, it sort of shows his influence, positive influence, by Matt, you doing something like this for him. He was real proud of you, and mm-hmm. and uh, he he has so many friends in the business. And he's influenced so many teams and so many individuals. And then he went on, you know, to be at the college level. And um, I'm just happy that 
like any coach, the best thing a coach can do is that they can, they can retire on their own terms. And, uh, you know, he is able to do that and I'm happy for him, but I want to congratulate him going into the hall of fame. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I've always kind of uh, measured a coach in their impact by how their former players react mm-hmm. with them or interact with them. And, um, you know, it's it, there's a stark difference between uh, how his players interact and, and how some other coaches, um, players, former players interact. And um, he's got a ton of former players that are always reaching out to him and, and staying in touch and, and want to be around him. And um, I think yeah, that it speaks surely volumes. does. It surely does. So it's